No, the chunky sidekick. <laughs> I know. I doubt this being a Lovecraft. Yeah, I do too. Where yeah. Where are the old ones? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Ooh, creepy. You're not up on like mystery, mysterious lighthouse no. disappearances. Nah. <laughs> it's not my thing anymore. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. See a historian at the Miskatonic University. <laughs> I think you might be. Yeah. Hello and welcome to this episode of I Should Have Known, the trivia game show that can't be trusted. Each week, one of our quiz masters will present you with four facts about a topic, but one of those facts is a lie. And we're doing Stranger Than Fiction to celebrate Halloween this month. I love that weird sound. This episode actually comes out on Halloween, so happy Halloween, everybody. We are continuing with our tradition of doing spooky stories. Today, your quiz master is Tanner. Hello. That's my Halloween voice. Okay. <laughs> All right. Happy great. Halloween. Fine. Wow. I don't even know what to say anyway. <laughs> Tanner is going to tell us four spooky stories from weird fiction. Specifically, they're all actually from H.P. Lovecraft's fiction, except one of the stories he tells us is from the real world. So he didn't invent it. It's a real world creepy story. So join me, Andy, and our other host, Soups, in trying to figure out which one of his spooky stories is stranger than fiction. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. I like this tradition. I think we should turn off the lights in here. Yeah. And are you going to do a creepy voice? Uh, I could. <laughs> you got to do a creepy <laughs> voice. Turn yeah, turn off the lights, Soups. It's Halloween once again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the pub quiz question. Okay. okay. So... What was the full title of H.P. Lovecraft's most famous work? Featuring the Monster Cthulhu, you yes. mean? So what's the full name full of the story name. that yeah. it's not just Call of Cthulhu? It is. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, I, but, I thought there was going to be... Yeah. I, remember we, we talked once about the Robinson Caruso and yeah. how like the yeah. title yeah. was yeah. like <laughs> so, so long. I thought Keep it was going to be like that. Yeah. Okay. It's just Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu, published in 1928. Okay. okay. So this was... The first Cthulhu story, basically. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about like Lovecraftian or weird fiction, we're talking about stories like this, where it's like Cthulhu, where like this. Well, you explain Cthulhu. How do you picture Why Cthulhu? Why am I explaining <laughs> Cthulhu? It's like a winged monster with tentacles for yeah. a face. Mm -hmm. That is one of the old ones from beyond this world. Mm -hmm. If humans see it, then their minds melt. Yes. I have read Call of Cthulhu quite a few times. Yes. Okay. It's very short. You can read it in mm -hmm. like one night. I know it's the end of October now, but, you know, <laughs> next October, do yourself a favor and read Call of Cthulhu at night. Light some candles or something and just read it in mm. one go. And then don't sleep. Yeah, the and then you never sleep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's the weird part where it's like it plays on your senses, you know, like if you're standing on a floor that's not quite level and your equilibrium is just a little off. That's what we're getting. That's weird. That's fiction. the feeling. Yeah, it's a genre of horror. It's the uncanny valley of literature. Mm -hmm. If there are any really big Cthulhu Lovecraft nerds listening, they might actually recognize some of the stories. Okay. But I think I've kind of decontextualized them. They were all either rewritten with quotes or words in his stories, or they were wholly written to sound like his story. Right. Just to give credit where credit is due. We're judging uh -huh. your, like, writing oh, skills. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he rewrote it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Trying to sound like Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Okay. okay. Cool. 
Yeah. And then this real life story, it's just like literally like a ghost story that people in the real world tell or? It's based on firsthand accounts of an incident that actually happened. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's like real, real. Real, real. Real, real. Okay. Okay. Cool. So creep us out, please. All right. Story number one. A mariner escapes from an enemy warship in the Pacific and drifts aimlessly at sea for uncounted days. His tiny boat runs aground in a slimy expanse of hellish black mire, putrid with the carcasses of decaying fish and of less describable things protruding from the nasty mud. Under a waning and fantastically gibbous moon, his wild dreams awaken him in a cold perspiration. He climbs a summit and peers into a fathomless canyon. The moon shines weirdly and vividly upon a cyclopean monolith covered in crude inscriptions and hieroglyphics, consisting of fishes, eels, octopi, crustaceans, mollusks, whales, and the like. Besides these are pictorial carvings, grotesque beyond imagination, clearly human, despite webbed hands and feet, shockingly wide and flabby lips, glassy bulging eyes, and other features. Curiously enough, one of the creatures is shown in the act of killing a whale, represented as but little larger than himself. The sea is silent under the moon, and then the dark waters begin to churn. Oh, dang. (laughs) I mean, it's a good story. (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking this is not the real, real one. Like, this is like a Lovecraft one. Yeah. For people who haven't read Lovecraft or, like, don't know much about stories, like, this is the kind of stuff that he wrote. Right. Yeah. Like in terms of like the description. Yeah. He wrote a lot about mariners. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of seafaring. Correct. Which kind of makes sense. Yes. Like Tanner also clearly rewrote it. Yeah. He said octopi instead of octopuses because I definitely think Howard would have used octopi even <laughs> though that's the worst word in the world. It definitely sounds very Lovecraftian. Yeah. But then at the same time, I'm thinking it's based off of a real world account. So like yeah. you think of a sailor lost mm. at sea for like mm. many days, like delirious with dehydration and he's like yeah i came across these carvings of animals and like dude it's just a rock like you know what i mean (laughs) Mm -hmm, like he made mm -hmm. i could see that some sailor came back from that and said that's what he saw Mm. yeah it's possible like in this description like he also had the entire aquatic life described pretty much yeah everything that's on the sea yeah makes me think but i also definitely agree that this is possible if someone was lost at sea and comes back and like this is their fear or like kind of like they're hallucinating. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Like I can see some sailor. Yeah. This is some sailor's hallucination. Yeah. I don't know. But in the description, it definitely has the Lovecraft vibes, mm-hmm. but also has potential to be. Yeah, real, it's real very one. 50-50 yeah. this one, yeah. I would say. So we have to hear the other three. Yeah. Tricky right. start. Okay. Uh-huh. Coming out swinging. Yeah. <laughs> Story number two. An American man moves to his ancestral English estate after his son dies in the war. He begins to restore his peculiar house with its Gothic towers, Saxon substructure, and possibly Roman foundation. After two years, every attribute is restored or cunningly reproduced and blended perfectly with the original walls and foundation. But his eldest cat 
creeps along the walls and scratches at the new panels overlaying the ancient stone. Hearing scurrying in the walls, the man sets rat traps in strategic localities. One night, the oak-paneled walls are alive with rats, scampering and milling. All the traps are sprung, yet all are tenantless. With his old cat and a plump, amiable neighbor man, he explores the cellar, subcellar, and crypt under the house. Following the scurrying sounds, they plunge still downward past ancient stonemasonry. After plowing down steps amidst gnawed bones, a twilit grotto of enormous height stretches away, and horror piles on horror as they begin to interpret the architectural remains. Long-buried secrets of his ancestors' misdeeds are brought to light, but his poor, plump neighbor never returns from the inky blackness beneath that hideous house. No! The chunky sidekick! <laughs> wow. This had a lot of Stranger Things feeling. Oh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would think Tanner would come up with the term localities mm-hmm. or would say that rat traps were tenantless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds like mm-hmm. HP kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, I don't think Tanner would come up with that. Yeah. I mean, if you did write this, then well done. But this description was too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> well, the story by itself yeah. could be real. Old house, you dig down, yeah. you find... He's, he writes it to be sound creepier, but it's just right. literally they just find out evidence that like, oh, well, your ancestors committed some atrocities. Yeah. So like that actually sounds like that could be real. And the neighbor slips and yeah. falls and dies. That seems like something that could have been reported in like the 19th or early 20th century. But the vocabulary exactly. Tanner used mm-hmm. doesn't sound Tanner enough. 100%. I'm not convinced if this is like a Tanner-created yeah. description. So I'm not debating your writing skills. I know, right? We're just <laughs> on Tanner's <laughs> writing. I'm sure you're an excellent writer. Please, please don't take it the other way. Like, if you have read Lovecraft, like, his writing style is very pretentious. Yeah. So instead of saying, like, a normal person Mm -hmm. that the rat traps were empty, he definitely would have written they were tenantless. Yeah. So, like, that to me is like, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Things which I could describe it in two words, right? right. You write, like, three full sentences to explain this. And so I could see, like, the elements, they match up, right? I mean, the story itself, for me, it's not weird enough. Like, it's something, okay, it's plausible. A lot of horror movies have similar plots. Again, this one's tricky, Mm -hmm. but I would say this one's more likely to be the fiction than the first one. It's tricky. Hmm. Okay. Halfway down. Story number three. In 1900, a steamship traversing the frigid, unforgiving waters of the North Atlantic reports that an island lighthouse has gone dark. A relief vessel is sent to investigate, but a foul, menacing wind and gargantuan waves prevent a landing isolating the island for a week. Upon the eventual arrival on the eastern landing, the crew finds no discernible human activity. The light has gone dark. The flagstaff is bare. The gates are closed up. And curiously, no lighthouse keepers welcome them ashore, even after sounding the ship's whistle and firing a warning flare. Constructed merely a year prior, the towering lighthouse stands as one of the island's first structures, glimmering in the winter moonlight. Inside, a lone oilskin raincoat hangs on the hook. 
The kitchen stands frozen in time, its clock stopped, every dish tidily in its place. Outside, the search continues. On the western landing, a large wooden crate lies splintered and blasted apart, its contents violently strewn about. Iron guardrails are demonically twisted and bent over. An iron railway along the path to the sea appears wrenched out of its concrete foundations. And as the search party mounts the top of a 200-foot solitary cliff, they find something has torn away the turf and rock from the precipitous edge. Ooh, creepy. What are you thinking? I know, I doubt this, being a Lovecraft. Yeah, I do too. Where, yeah. where are the old ones? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It wasn't as descriptive as... Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I guess all of Tanner's best lines were just quotes, <laughs> we're assuming here. I mean, precipitous is okay. Okay. But... I will give that to Tanner. <laughs> like, he can come up with that word. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> it's a good story. It has the creepy factor. It has the elements. But I also believe that this can be, again, just like story one, this is, again, possible of someone describing, right? Yeah. Someone experiencing this yeah. and going back and reporting. This is what we saw. Or yeah, we... it has like Lovecraftian elements in that they're in the North Sea and it's cold. They're not in the Antarctic, but like, okay. And this idea of like coming later and finding this like that does happen in a lot of his stories i guess tanner could have just omitted the part where they like go underground and find a lost city of the ancient ones or something (laughs) but so like some of the elements do work but at the same time weird fiction is inspired by the real world yep this sounds like to me it's probably more likely a story that would have inspired one of his stories Mm. than one of his actual stories okay that's a very good point yeah like yeah. it sounds like this is like the precursor to a Lovecraft story. Yeah, right? like yeah. he read in a mm-hmm. newspaper article yeah. that these people they came upon this island and found it mm-hmm. all like destroyed and all messed up, and it's a mystery of like what happened to them. Mm. But these kinds of stories are not super uncommon. Mm-hmm. And then he decided that it was the ancient ones, and they yeah. came and did something terrible. That part was missing. I mean. Why well, yeah, didn't you well, add that? <laughs> you can't explicitly say, say that like yeah. a horror beyond the earth. So far of the three that I've heard, I think I would go with yeah. this one. Again, no comments on you. <laughs> it's it's, it's the least fantastical. Yeah, I was also trying to think if I've heard about that. No, I'm drawing a blank. But You're not up on like mystery, yeah. mysterious lighthouse no. disappearances? No. <laughs> it's, it's, not my, it's not my thing anymore. <laughs> Really? Wow. Okay, we've got one more story. And let's see if this is a Lovecraft story. All right. Story number four. During the winter of 1927 to 28, a young historian embarks on a clandestine investigation into an old coastal town in Massachusetts. In that ill-rumored and evilly shadowed seaport of death and blasphemous abnormality, Stories of devil worship and awful sacrifices abound. The residents are said to have rough, scabby, shriveled-up skin and starry eyes that never seem to shut. Neighbors whisper of the croak-like speech of its citizens, their unique jewelry and the town's uncanny architecture. The historian interviews the town's shadowy residents and learns the unutterable truth of what they did in hard times. He flees for his life and a town-wide chase ensues. 
He comes face to face with the horrific reality behind the town's rumors, and he faints. When he safely returns to his home, he reluctantly researches his family lineage, and his life becomes a nightmare of brooding and apprehension as he unearths the hideous source of his ancestors. Is he a historian at the Miskatonic University? (laughs) I think he might be. Yeah. Okay, so this one has some very obvious Lovecraft points. Like, Uh we're in New England. We're talking about uh, some kind of academic, Uh classic Lovecraft. Uh The creepy town, like, it seems a little too explicit. Mm. But then at the same time, like, what would this be in the real world? Right. There are culty vibes, which is also kind of in in Lovecraft, but also just New England had and has a lot of cults. Yep. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of like this one person narrative, like, Mm -hmm. how would this appear in like a report somewhere? It seems just like it's just a fictional story. Yeah. And like who would report it, right? Because yeah. this character, like the main character, he finds his family lineage. Yeah, right? he's the one yeah, doing it. Doing it. So the perspective does not add up. Right. right. So I believe, and I mean, I'm not a Lovecraft nerd. I don't know it cover to cover, but I do know of his writing style. And if I just compare all the four stories, this one definitely, I can put it in the same bucket under one, two and oh, for, really? if, I, if I'm thinking it that way. I do think that it sounded more casual, like number three. Yeah. I will say that all four of them, they all had elements that are like clearly Lovecraftian. Right. So even the true one right. has, has the elements. So it's mm-hmm. it's not like an easy thing. No. But before we actually make our guesses and discuss it, Tanner, could you give us a one sentence synopsis of a four stories so that we can guess? Sure. Story one, the mariner with the hieroglyphs on the monolith. Story two, the American under his house with his cat and plump neighbor. Story three, the disappearance at the lighthouse. Story four, the historian in the scary town in Massachusetts. One of those really happened. I think one and three have the chance, right? Yeah, we've been kind of on those the most. Right, yeah. I think the real one is probably number three. Yeah, I have a you feeling. so? Yeah, there's a feeling, right? I mean, I of course, I can base it on science and facts and I can say, oh, no, no, I remember page number 24. So if I have to go just based off of feeling, really, I would pick number three. Number yes. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think number two, the story itself sounds like it might be a real story, like based on real life. But then the rat traps yeah, were tenantless. tenantless. No was, way Tanner yeah. came up with that. There's just no way. <laughs> I think by now we know him quite well. But if you did come up with it, fantastic. Yeah, I, I want to congratulate right? you will... in advance. No, no, he can get congratulated when he deserves <laughs> it. He doesn't need like preemptive congratulations. He already has enough unearned confidence. <laughs> let's do number three. Number three. three are we yeah, doubling down on yeah, number three? Okay. All right, let's see. Okay. You think number three is stranger than fiction? Well... You're right. (laughs) Yes. That's creepy, though. Number three is the disappearance of three men at the Flannan Isles Lighthouse in 1900 
in the Outer Hebrides, Scotland. Uh-huh. It really happened. They never found out what happened to those three guys. And it was reported when the relief vessel went there and the captain said a terrible disaster has happened. Mm-hmm. But they don't know what happened. They think that okay. they were maybe washed out to sea in a storm. But like the third guy should never have left the lighthouse. Why would, yeah, yeah, why they, yeah, wouldn't they just the stay in the lighthouse? Yeah. yeah, they came up with all sorts of theories. And it's been used all over like pop culture. There was a movie in 2018 with Gerard Butler about mm. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely sounds, like I said, a story that would have inspired a Lovecraft yeah. story. Yeah. It inspired a lot of stuff. Yeah. It had all the elements. Except it was missing any kind of primordial <laughs> evil and yeah. fetid wastes. Yeah. And, I don't know. <laughs> yes. So story number one yeah. was from Dagon. Okay. okay. Which is also one of his famous ones mm-hmm. from 1923. Story number two is from the rats in the walls. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there, literally. There we go. And did you quote that line about the rats? 1924. Yeah, those were quotes. Yeah, strategic <laughs> localities and all were sprung, yet yeah. all were tenantless. That's, yeah, that's a quote. Those are yeah. definitely quotes. Yeah, I used yeah. a lot of quotes in those too. The rest of the story goes way darker. Ooh. So definitely read that story. It's all right. creepy. So story number four was The Shadow Over Innsmouth, 1936. I took fewer quotes from this one, but there were some direct quotes. Yeah, yeah right. Is he a historian at the Miskatonic University? I think he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, let's be real. It was interesting. So yeah. That was creepy and fun. Yeah. 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 I think everyone this Halloween should definitely try to read one of those or a different Lovecraft story. And yeah. Or some other weird fiction. Creep yourself out. <laughs> yeah. I should have known. I should have known. I should have known. Thanks for listening to this episode of I Should Have Known. This concludes our Stranger Than Fiction Halloween theme. Happy Halloween, everyone. And next month, we're celebrating the continent of Asia. And next week, our first country will be covered by soups. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, it's worth it! You're the worst. <laughs>